0: All right, let's uh, let's pray. Uh, Gathering for this chance to get together tonight and to start this new series and see um, what your word has to say about some uh, some important topics or things that we may be struggling with that we may deal with ourselves. God, um, pray for this night as we we ask the question: Can I trust your word? And yeah, they. Uh... They may have friends that are asking this question, they may be asking this question themselves, God, but may, when they leave tonight, may they know with certainty that they can trust the Bible. May their lives be changed because of your word, may they see um, that your word is truth. God, and may they uh, live out what your word says. In name I pray, Amen. All right, um, so we are a new series. I am very excited about this one. Uh, it's called Asking for a Friend. So, just a bunch of questions that we're going to ask that um, you're asking for a friend, but then that friend may be you. Because um, some of these questions we're going to talk about um, may, may be questions you've asked yourself. You know, can I trust the Bible? Uh, what does God say about sex? Who, what does God say about my friends? Um, why church? Why is church important? How do I follow Jesus? Those kind of those are some of the questions. Uh, it's eight weeks. So it's going to take us through, I think, through all of October, and so, uh, or at least most of it. So we'll be doing this series for a while. But this first one is, can I trust the Bible? And I think it's super important. Um, if if you guys are never not here, just know uh, I record every week. Uh, we have a student ministry um, podcast that's on all the podcasting places where I post the audio. I'm wearing this thing. This is a new little microphone I bought. Because if you guys are in here, you know the audio in this room is horrible, right? And when I was just using this, when I would come step over here and talk, this was horrible. So hopefully this will make it a little bit better, a little more clear to hear. So if you're not here, but you're here in other weeks, or you have a friend that may, that may be questioning, say, hey, why don't you listen to this? And then you can just easily send them a text with the link to this um, this lesson. And then if that's you, Hello. Welcome. All right. So, can I trust the Bible? I believe that, that one of my most important responsibilities as a parent is just to completely mess with my kids. Any parents agree? If you see all the parents sitting behind you, every one of them, raise their hands, so I'm raising too. Um, it's our job to mess with our kids. It's my civic duty and I take it very seriously. Several years ago... When my kids were little, yes, I'm talking about you two, and I don't really care how you feel about it. When they were little bitty, um, Zach was probably, I guess, five and seven, six and eight, somewhere around there. Um, they, they believed that I was, in fact, Superman. Like They legit believed me. I mean, this doesn't look like Superman. This looks more like, like Bro Thor, but they believed that I was Superman. I mean, I had them believe in that. Uh, I think JoJo believes that I am Superman now, so it's still doing it. But one time I came home, and I was looking through some stuff at my mom's house, and I found this uh, metal um, lunchbox, that Superman lunchbox, and I opened it up. And inside was a Superman costume that I had in my bedroom when our house caught on fire. And so it, I opened it up, and this was... 10-15 plus years since the house fire and opened it up and it still smelled like smoke and fire I pulled up the costume and there's some black marks on it and some just char kind of stuff I'm like this is amazing so I, we got home and I put it in the in the hall closet and a few months later I pulled it out um and I showed them to him like hey look at this they just their eyes got really big because they saw my Superman suit and then they were like, why is it so dirty? I'm like, well, I just got through fighting a fire. That's why if you smell it, you can see it, that I just got through fighting this fire, and just their eyes were amazing. It's, anyways, that's what, that's what we do as parents, right? We tell these, our kids' stories. We tell them these things. Um, and maybe you parents have something like that, or maybe you kids have been through something like that as, as kids. Maybe something you believed and then later found out it was a lie, um, or, or it wasn't as true as maybe you thought it was. Now, one of my favorite authors... C.S. Lewis, oh, sorry, this is up there too. My bad, you guys can do this. You guys don't know how to do this by now. Um, C.S. Lewis said, Christianity if false is of no importance and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. If anybody likes to read books, anybody likes to think, which hopefully some people do, uh, this guy's book, Mere Christianity, check it out. You may have to read each page two or three times, but it's, It's a good book. C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. You might know the name C.S. Lewis. What's he famous for? That you guys probably know. Chronicles of Narnia. Narnia. Same guy that wrote that. Incredible theologian. Brilliant guy. Mere Christianity. Check it out. But uh, in other words, Christianity, according to this, it it demands a full investigation. Because if it's not true, if it's a lie, then it has zero importance, right? And it... Easy, isn't even a blip on the radar. So if, if Christianity is not true, that means it's a lie, and it's not important. Correct? Shake your head. Yes. That's logic. That's how logic works. But if Christianity is true, it changes everything, like everything, everything. So tonight, as we kind of investigate some of these things together, we're going to start a new series where we tackle some honest questions about God and, and our faith. So tonight we begin with with a foundational question. Because if you don't believe this, then nothing else really matters. If you don't believe the Bible is true, it doesn't really matter. So this is a foundational thing that we're going to walk through tonight. and I, I, If we're honest, I think we maybe all have wrestled with this at some point or another in our life. Anybody anybody besides me wrestle with this question? So me and Vienna. Awesome. Okay, I'm glad we're together then. Right? So the question, can I trust the Bible? So, t- so this whole series, my teaching time is going to be pretty short, pretty limited compared to normal. Which you guys can say amen and woo, be excited about because I'm not going to teach as long, which means you guys are going to have your adults longer. Um, they're going to teach a little bit more and do a little bit more discussion than uh, we typically do. Which, you guys are going to be great. Well, some of y'all. Um, I'm just kidding. All of y'all. I'm, all of y'all. But a- as you guys are all well aware, we know and believe about, you know, about Jesus. You know, Almost everything we know and believe about Jesus, about God, about our faith, comes from the Bible. So if you have somebody in your life that's like, Man, I don't believe the Bible, you can't use the Bible to tell them they're wrong. Right? Logically speaking, it's not going to work. You can't prove to them that the Bible is true by using the Bible because they don't believe it, so they're going to say, I don't believe it's a lie anyway. So well, most of what we know is, comes from the Bible. So this question of can I trust the Bible is pretty important. So if the Bible is trustworthy, if it's unreliable or, or full of errors, then our faith doesn't really have much to stand on. However, if the Bible is trustworthy and it is reliable then our faith is grounded not just in our beliefs and our traditions but in history in fact we could probably spend two or three weeks in this we're doing a very abbreviated lesson on can i trust the bible but so with that said tonight i want to share some logic behind our belief in god's word so i want to look at some of the common misconceptions and criticisms about the bible tonight we're gonna have one bible verse because again i can't prove to you that the bible is true by using the bible right so we're gonna have to do other things and lastly, at the very end, I want to tell you why I personally believe the Bible is trustworthy. So first, there are a lot of misconceptions um, about the Bible that causes people to doubt, some myths and things. The first myth we're going to talk about is the game of telephone. Remember, you know the game of telephone? We played it a few weeks ago at our back-to-school party. I tell somebody one phrase, they tell the next person, right? Until it's, it might be close, it may not even be remotely close. So scoffers, people that don't believe the Bible, they, they have contended that the Bible came to us in the same fashion of of the game of telephone. They believe that the Word of God we have now is not the same as the Word of God when it was originally written. Okay? So what this view does, it undermines the authenticity of the Scriptures as well as questions the integrity of most of the early church leaders. They're saying they were all liars, they changed everything on purpose, whatever. And this myth discounts the many copies of manuscripts, the fact that scribes took extreme care to copy the text correctly. And the fact that we have very early copies with which to compare our current text, we're going to get into that part a little bit later. But they took excruciating measures to make sure what they were writing down was in fact what was supposed to be written down. You got me? Yes? Your head yes, This is important. This is a big lesson. I want to make sure you guys are paying attention and getting this. And some people say, you know what? That's fine, but the Bible was written thousands of years ago. It is outdated. It means nothing to me now. It is not relevant for this culture, this world. It doesn't speak into my life. There's nothing you know, in the Bible about these things, and so it's not any good. So this view states that the Bible holds to so outdated and, and therefore useless rules and guidelines for living. You know, A lot of people say that maybe the Bible is patriarchal and hates women and, and just has general outdated thinking towards women, which if you read the Bible, you'd know that that's not really true. I mean, we could spend another lesson talking about how that's not true. If you have questions about that, come talk to me. I'd love to share that with you. And since it's an old and outdated book, uh, the whole thing just needs to be thrown out. That, that view, what that means, is that it messes out on some, some fundamental truths. And first, just because something is old doesn't mean it isn't useful. I mean, look at Brian. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's not useful. Brian is fantastic. I'm just kidding, Brian. Um. But let's be real for a minute, all right? I saw a post from a former student yesterday that said, the, the post on Instagram, it said, all genders have periods. And I was like, wait, well, hold on. What? All genders have periods. And I'm like, wait, that's, I don't think that's accurate. I feel like there's only one gender that has periods. And I'm like, this is so crazy. And so... The truth is, many people, especially your generation, they believe that there are more than two genders. But I want you guys to hear me. Truth does not change. You hear me? Yeah, shake your head. Truth does not change. Today's society peddles the the seductive idea that truth and right and wrong, they're all subjective. That's called moral relativism. That's a big word. You guys should look into it. Moral relativism. That's what this world believes. Commercials, media, and even parents and teachers exhort teachers to make up their own minds or to do what's right for them. You know, you do you. Whatever's right for you, you do it. That's so crazy. That, that prom, that, the premise that depending on the situation and the people involved, something may be the truth for you, but a lie for somebody else. How does that even work? Logically, that, that can't work. A belief or an action may be wrong-free, but perfectly acceptable for another. So, what is truth? Pilate in the Bible. Pilate asked that question of Jesus in John eighteen thirty-eight. He says, "What is truth?" And the sad irony is that the truth was standing right in front of him the entire time. Many people's lives kind of reflect Pilate's question, "What is truth?" They try out beliefs and identities and personalities and philosophies and appearances and hobbies and just all forms of entertainment in an endless search for meaning and truth. Others think all truths are valid, despite just how logically flawed that, that statement is. But Scripture is clear. There's one source of truth, and His name is Jesus. Hebrews says Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So the source of truth is Jesus, and He doesn't change. Therefore, truth doesn't change, Right? Secondly, there are parts of the Bible that were written into a specific context. Yes, that's true. That doesn't mean that the whole book is useless. So sure, while there are things that were written to a certain group of people in a certain time period for a certain thing, doesn't mean that there's nothing there for us. Uh, a verse that's used all the time at graduations is Jeremiah 29 and you know, Do you guys know that verse? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For all the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, give you hope. Right? Know that one? We love that verse. But it wasn't written to us. It was written to the exiles, the Babylonian captivity. It was written to them saying, you guys are in captivity, but I'm going to save you. We're going to get back. Nehemiah, Ezra, they're going to take us back. We're going to rebuild the wall. But until then, know that I have plans for you. So we take that verse and we like to use that graduation, which, whatever. Um, And while it doesn't specifically speak to us, Or specifically speak to graduates, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a purpose for each one of us, correct? Right? So even though we weren't in captivity, and that verse wasn't written directly towards us, the truth behind that, that God still has a plan for us, not to harm us, right? That is still truth. That is for us, correct? You guys got this? Shake your head, yes, if you guys. Okay. Finally, this view misses the fact that the Bible in some places is almost 6,000 years old, depending on which book you're reading. Yet it still holds powerful truth and meaningful advice on how to live today. But we believe the Bible is true because it stands to reason. You know, our faith is based not just on empty beliefs and fairy tales, but it, it, on logic and reason. And faith, of course, is an important part of this, but it still stands to reason. First, the Bible is supported historically. The Bible is a collection of 66 books, right? You guys know that? Genesis through Revelation, there's 66 books. It's written by over 40 authors, over a span of 1,500 years, and on three different continents. Okay, that's a long time. But it's consistent in the story of God, his people, his son Jesus, and the redemption of the world. Now, the authors who wrote these books were eyewitnesses to what God was doing, and in many cases of the ministry of Jesus himself. But the fact that these eyewitnesses gave almost identical accounts of God's story is just it's remarkable, really. In the 4th century, the Church Fathers set out certain criteria for creating a library of these books. They created a canon from these books that met the criteria. Not like a canon that shoots things, but C-A-N-O-N, not C-A-N-N-O-N. That's, they put these lists of rules up. Okay, this book has to be meet this guideline and meet this and be written by this and this and this. And then it can be part of the New Testament. Okay, It's fascinating yes, you look into it. So they thoroughly investigated each book. And so we have that. Then Josh McDowell, he's a, a famous apologist, not somebody who tells them they're sorry, but someone who defends their faith and writes several books. And he said, we have more evidence of the life of Jesus written down than we do that George Washington was, in fact, our first president. And there's more evidence to Jesus than of George Washington serving as president. But the Bible can always be placed in historical context. The plagues, plagues against Egypt show that the Bible can be placed there because you have like the sun god Amin-Ra or the god of the Nile, the god of the frogs. Each one of those, if you look at it, it's fascinating. If you look at the plagues that the god enacted upon Egypt, each one attacks one of the Egyptian gods. It's really incredible. It's fascinating. But not only does the Bible make sense historically, but it also far exceeds other historically accurate books from that time period, and even before that time period or after that time period. There's something that smart people do, not me, I'm not smart, to ancient books called the bibliographical test. I know I'm using big words, you're probably bored of your mind, but just bear with me. This test is an examination of the textual transmission, like how they got copies, okay? So they took, they like to see when this book was written when was the first copy of this book and how many copies are there you got me that's what the bibliographical test does when was it written first copy how many copies we got you got me okay i want you it's kind of important so i have this little graph here you guys heard of caesar right up there at the top caesar so he wrote between 144 bc earliest copy was a thousand years later we have ten copies not bad you have uh, some of the other guys. You have Aristotle down towards the bottom, 384 to 322 BC, wrote the f- or the first copy. 1400 years later, we have 49 copies of any of his collected works, not just all together. Um, and you have, let I me mean, see, how Plato, 1200 years, we have seven copies. Homer's Iliad, great read. You should read it sometime. I read it in college. It was written 900 BC, earliest copy 400 BC. So 500 years between the first, when it was first written and the first copy, 643 copies. That's a lot. And you get to the New Testament. Written between 40 and 100 A.D., earliest copy was 125 A.D., time span of 25 years, over 24,000 copies. I don't know if you guys are good at math or not, but 24,000 compared to the other numbers is a big difference, right? So that we have all that many copies remarkable. And so nobody nobody denies that these people wrote or that these people wrote these things down or lived. But people deny the existence of Jesus yet there's more proof than these guys. You guys hear me? That's incredible. Shake your head. Something. This is ridiculously amazing. Secondly, outside sources beyond the Bible verify its authenticity. You know, you have archaeology. I love archaeology and seeing what they can do, mostly because of Indiana Jones. But archaeological findings continue to verify the accuracy of Scripture. Uh, When it comes to historical and archaeological evidence, very few books have ever come as close to the Bible. Scientists have been turning up incredible archaeological finds for centuries that continue to confirm over and over again biblical history and its accuracy. It's amazing. So the ruins of Jericho... You guys know that story of Jericho, right? When they uh, came and the marched around the city of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. You guys didn't want to sing it? Okay, that's fine. Whenever you attack a city and you lay siege to a city, which way do the walls typically fall? In, right? Because you're, you're hitting it so they fall in. They get to the ruins of Jericho and it had fallen out. It's crazy. Huh? And a lot of times the houses were built into the wall. Probably. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, then you have <coughs> the confirmation of the Hittite Empire. There's even evidence of the crossing of the Red Sea. All kinds of cool stuff. You guys check it out. Then you also have the Dead Sea Scrolls with confirmed dates and authenticity of some Old Testament books. And in addition, there are countless outside historical sources like a guy named Josephus who wrote about these people, about Jesus. He was a Jewish historian writing from a a viewpoint of a non-believer, not a a follower of Jesus, but he wrote a lot about Jesus and about his disciples. And you have other people like Suetonius, who confirmed almost the entirety of the New Testament scriptures. It's just crazy. So, history supports biblical truth. The Bible is the most printed and distributed book in the history of the world. It's the most quoted book in the history. The Bible has had a greater influence on the laws and art, ethics, music and literature or world civilization than any other book in history. For generations, the words of the Bible have transformed millions and millions of lives. From St. Augustine to our friends and our family, the Bible has always been, the business of, or been in the business of changing lives. But I want to share why I personally believe that the Bible is true. Because it is ancient, yet it still speaks truth in volumes. Because it still speaks into every life situation I've ever found myself in. Because scholars, skeptics, and haters have been taking shots at the Bible for centuries, and it still stands. Because in a world where everyone is so focused on themselves, the Bible reminds me that I am not the most important thing in the world. Instead, it calls me to be a part of something bigger than myself. While reminding me that I am small and insignificant, the Bible simultaneously helps me realize that I am created in the image of God that I am the most valuable and incredible thing in God's sight. I am his favorite. I mean, you are too, but I am his favorite. Because the Bible gives me hope in the future, it gives me a purpose for which to live. And because the Bible has always proven reliable in my own life, and I've seen it transform of the lives of countless other people. That's why I believe the Bible to be true. Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Will stand forever. That's beautiful. God, just may these kids see <clears throat> that your word is truth. May they see that uh, it's important for them to understand and to know that the Bible is real and it's trustworthy. God, may they spend some time discussing that and just digging a little bit deeper tonight um, in their small groups. God, shame. I pray. Amen.